0: Please pray with me. Oh God, we come to you this morning. Knowing this year has been such a a, a difficult year. Knowing that this year has, has seen pain, disorientation, trouble. But God, as we gather now, help us to set our mind on you. Allow your word to strengthen us. Allow your word to move us so that we may be the church that you have created us to be. So God, we pray that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Oh, what a year, that's kind of a a phrase that um, the staff and I have uh, shared over and over again, so much so that we made it the part of our our celebration stewardship campaign. Just to think about, oh, what a year that we have had. You know, I think I, I wrote a couple weeks ago, that when January 2020 came along uh, and, and probably this is with how you are with your own lives, that you sat there and you thought about all of the different things that you were going to be able to do this year. You had hopes and dreams and maybe uh, travel plans and uh, other milestone celebrations that you would have had this year, but then... March happened, and, you know, I remember when March came around and uh, we got word that we were going to have to lock down. And, and that first Sunday, March 15th, which is hard to believe, nine, almost nine months ago next Sunday, we had our very first online-only service. It was me, it was it was Richard, it was Tracy, all alone here in the sanctuary while while you all were while you all were watching online. And I had these words that I saw somebody, one of my friends post on Facebook that I read that morning. And it said, Dear everyone, since I've not pastored people through a pandemic before. I don't know all the answers, but I'm paying attention to the science and praying for wisdom. Together, we will take courage, be patient, consider the least of these, and press onward while loving our neighbors, love your pastor, and then it ended with P.S., wash your hands. Now, that was nine months ago, and we had no idea what it was that we were going to see over the next several months. I remember sitting, there talked with the staff, planning Easter. We were going to have the most miraculous Easter service. And then it said, okay, well, we're not going to be able to do Easter, so let's do Pentecost." Let's celebrate big on Pentecost, the birth of the church. And then, well, we're not going to be able to do that. Let's start planning ahead for the beginning of the school year and have like this big, giant celebration. But then September came around and we did open up worship, in-person worship again. And, and I'm thankful that we were able to do that. I'm thankful for everyone who has been able to come. But there has still been arguing and fighting, and it has just made me so tired. However, I think when we take a look at what we've gone through, and, and the purpose of this isn't to get all weepy and teary-eyed, which I have, and I apologize for that. But the purpose of, of what I wanted to share today is to share with you how we have continued to do ministry. How we've continued to reach out because this is a movement that I see throughout Scripture and I see it's easy for us to overlook. But I think it's real important for us to see how God has been with us and how God continues to move in the life of our church because of nothing I've done, but it's because of the love and grace of Jesus Christ. And it's a way that we grow in our faith. And I think one of the ways that we see that is through Scripture. And our Scripture for this morning comes... From Acts chapter 5, verse 42. And you'll take a look at it and you'll go, What in the world is Pastor Chris talking about? And I think you'll see as we move forward through the rest of this morning. The book of Acts, chapter 5, verse 42, we see these words Day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stop teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. In the temple courts and in how, from house to house, they never stopped teaching or proclaiming that Jesus is the Messiah. My friends, if, if we do not have a clear mandate from Scripture of, of what it is that we are being called to do, I think this text from Acts chapter 5 gives us that mandate. We are charged as a people of God to go out and share the good news of Jesus Christ with others. No matter where we are, no matter if we're here in the sanctuary, no matter we're out in the streets, no matter if we are at home, our task is to share the love and grace of Jesus Christ and to proclaim that Jesus is our Lord. So over the next three weeks, That is what we're going to talk about. We are going to talk about how we are called to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are going to talk about how we are called to reach out to others, and how we are called to give. Those are the three tasks that we as the church are called to do. Now, First and foremost, I think you may agree with me that that proclamation is is one of the the main things or it may be the heart of what it is that we are called to do. Our our scripture this morning tells us that that is what we do. We are to proclaim the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. And I know that the most obvious way that proclamation happens is, is right here. On Sunday morning, what I have the honor and privilege to stand before you and share the gospel of Jesus Christ? You know, that, that is my ministry. That, that is what I have been called to do and what I have been ordained to do as a United Methodist clergy is to preach the word, to administer the sacraments, to, to order the life of the church for service and for mission and ministry to each other and to our community. That's it. Th- that is what I am supposed to do as the pastor of Royce City First United Methodist Church. But as your pastor, it is very important for me to... To say this and, and for you to hear this, that proclamation just doesn't happen here in this sanctuary. Proclamation happens out in the world. And, and Jesus gives us these words in Mark chapter 16, verse 15. And I know we'll, we'll see it in other places in the gospel, but I thought this was very pointed to what Jesus calls us to do to go out into the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. It's not just to go out and proclaim the gospel to someone we like or or, or to our next-door neighbor, but to the entire creation. All that God has given us and, and created for us, we are to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ to the entire world. That is good news. I love that that gives us this this mandate of, of what it is that we are called to do. See, it happens in homes. It happens at work. It happens beyond the walls of this building. And from day one, when I came to Royce City First United Methodist Church, I wanted to make sure that you knew That the task of this church is to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ outside of these walls. Some of the most important proclamations in scriptures happen outside of the walls of the church or outside of of the temple courts that that we heard from Acts chapter 5. All you have to do is to continue to read the book of Acts and you can see these places where proclamation happened outside of the temple. If we move forward to Acts chapter 8, we, we have Philip who, who miraculously goes to this desert road from Jerusalem to Gaza, and, and as he is headed down the road, he sees this Ethiopian eunuch that is riding at a chariot, and he comes up to the chariot and says, what, what exactly are you reading? Because he hears these words that are familiar, and the Ethiopian eunuch says, well, I'm, I'm reading from this book, but I really don't know what it means. And Philip understood that he was reading from one of the prophets. And, and as he gets up and he explains what exactly the prophet is saying and how it is proclaiming Jesus Christ, the Ethiopian says, well, I want to get baptized. What, what's stopping me from doing that? And Philip said, well, nothing. Let's go. There's water right over here. And, and this Ethiopian was baptized, and that proclamation bore much fruit. And then a couple of chapters later, Peter has this this amazing dream about this cloth coming down with all of these animals that that the Jewish people weren't supposed to eat, and he had no idea what it meant, but God told him to go and meet with a gentleman named Cornelius, who knew that Peter was going to come to him. And they sat down and they broke bread together, opening up the doors of faith to not just Jews, but to Gentiles, to to us. To open salvation to us so that when the gospel is proclaimed to us, we may respond. And we may have this faith to go out and share. God's good news with others. But one of the most unfortunate things that the church has done, it has relegated faith right here in a building. And I've heard time and time again, and it makes me sad when I hear this, that I just can't get fed unless I am in the building. The Ethiopian got fed. Cornelius got fed. The disciples on the last supper, they got fed. We too get fed when we are not in this building. Now, please, Understand what I'm saying. I'm not saying this building isn't important. I'm not saying that the work that we do as a church isn't important. But I'm saying that we are called for so much more than limiting our faith to this place. That we are called to to share that faith out into the world. And that is what John Wesley did, the founder of the Methodist movement. You know, at one time, he was not allowed to preach inside of a Church of England sanctuary. Because of his method, where we get Methodist, he was not allowed to go there because, well, his ways were strange. His ways were different. Matter of fact, in, in his journal on April the 2nd, 1739, he wrote these words. He wrote, At four in the afternoon, I submitted to be more vile and proclaimed in the highways the glad tidings of salvation. He submitted himself to be more vile, to go out of the church building and to proclaim in the highways and glad the glad tidings of salvation. John Wesley would go, in and he would start field preaching, where, where he would put a little stump, and he would go out near the coal mines or where all the workers were, and he would start proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. And people were saved. I love it when people come here for the first time or, or, or they profess their faith in Jesus Christ and they become a disciple of Jesus Christ, but I love hearing stories more about how the church went out and more people became saved because, as a church, we decided to become more vile and proclaim salvation in the world. And, you know, over the past eight months, we have done that as a church out of necessity out out of things that we needed to do knowing that the gospel still needed to be proclaimed we decided that we were going to be more vile of course we didn't use those words we wanted to continue ministry out into the world around us but honestly we decided to be more vile and proclaim the good news of jesus christ to the world around us. And you know, if you really want to know the key to ministry over the past eight months, all you have to do is look at your church staff. I am so thankful for my staff. And I laugh every single time that I say that because it reminds me of my first time meeting Ruth Cherry, who was the SPRC chair. And when I came, she said, oh, Pastor Chris, you are going to be so blessed because you can hire your own staff. And my reaction was, what? (laughs) But no, I am so thankful for Richard, for Lori, for April, for Jonelle and Wanda and and Nikki Summers-Longmire. And then having the opportunity to add Lindsay and Rachel later. They have been keys to ministry of our church. And through with their help, with their creativity, we were able to do some things that we probably would have never been able to do before. I am thankful for other volunteers that we have, and I want to list everyone, but I know that I'm going to miss somebody, but I'm going to go ahead and list the people that I have here. For our daily bread, Debbie Cox, Debbie McDonald, Mary and Bill Ellis, Mike Weir, uh, all of our Thursday and Saturday volunteers. Uh, For Wednesday, people that come to help unload for uh, the, the North Texas Food Bank. I'm thankful for uh, Jeanette Jolly, who helps takes care of money stuff on, um, on Monday mornings, Jay Chesser, Susan Schilling, Harold Craig, others who help count on, on Monday morning. I am thankful for these people, the praise team. And I know that I'm missing some, but my friends, that is a part of proclamation. We do this because of the love God has given us through Jesus Christ. We do this because we know that we have a message that is to be shared with the world around us. And it is to be shared in our homes. That's the ministry you all have to share the love and grace of Jesus Christ. And and our work as your church isn't to do that ministry for you, but it is to equip you to be in ministry like this.
1: wanted to express how much it meant to me that our family was able to grow closer to God with the box that y'all sent. <laughs> we're not a family that is usually able to come in on Sundays, um, so having the box was something that we could do before the kids went to bed, and we were able to do it as a family because my husband was able to be there. We all learned more about Easter. <laughs> In that week then, we probably have our whole lives, definitely the kids. um, They really enjoyed the activities, and my husband and I uh, were able to answer their questions with the materials that y'all had put in the box. Um, So it was really great for us overall to feel confident in um, teaching our kids about Easter and just really gathering together as a family and being able to... Um, praise and worship. So I really appreciate that. Thank you so much, and um, hopefully we will see more boxes uh, in the future.
0: You know, if there's a moment that I have been the most blessed as your pastor, it is through the Holy Week boxes, and it's also through the work that we did with Vacation Bible School to allow families to to gather together, to, to circle around one another and to tell the story of Jesus to each other. You know, I, I saw pictures of of altars of families that had little ones. I saw uh, empty nesters who who put together their uh, their own altars at home, and they were able to to share the the, the gospel of Jesus Christ with each other. And then I tell you that the the videos and the images of Vacation Bible School this year. While I I, I miss not wearing a costume and running around and being a fool because that's what I would have been this year, I am anyway, but uh, having the opportunity to, to do that, but to see kids engaging in the story of Jesus at home because of parents' faithful leadership meant more to me than really anything else that I could have done. So there is so much to celebrate. There is so much that we have done, and, and every single member of our church, uh, if you haven't gotten it yet, it will be on the way, but we have come up with our our, our ministry celebration for this past year. And, and it'll be in the mail with you for you. And in it, it talks about all of the different things that we have done this year, celebrating with pictures and, and, and ways that you were the church and that we were just so fortunate to be able to equip you to do these things. I invite you, when you get home and when you receive this, to take a look and, and to go, wow, while it seemed like we were, we were stuck at home, we shared the love and grace of Jesus Christ with each other while it seemed like that we were stuck at home, we were able to tell the story of Jesus over and over and over. And my hope and prayer is that that while we're still starting to gather together again and, and while we have people slowly filing back into the sanctuary, that we don't forget that while there is a form of proclamation that happens here on Sunday morning, the proclamation happens in your homes. It happens at your work. It happens on the baseball fields, the soccer fields, cheerleader practice, band practice. All of those places is where proclamation happens. Also, the other things that are in here uh, a great, 10-month report from our Daily Bread Food Pantry that Debbie McDonald uh, put together and uh, Jonelle helped uh, get that together. And then, of course, there are the commitment cards that we ask you to prayerfully think about how we will continue to celebrate and, and, and support life and ministry of Royce City First United Methodist Church in 2021. Yes, there is a finance commitment card in there because we have to do that. But I think the card that I really want us to really look at is our service commitment card. How will you continue to support Royce City First United Methodist Church with your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness? If you do not want to fill out a hand card. We do have all of the stewardship information online as one of our website cards. Uh, We're not asking any uh, really uh, personal information in there, but if you would like to fill it out online, you can do so as well. Just a card that says uh, stewardship campaign 2020 and there's a service card and there's a finance card on there that you can click and do that instead of doing stuff handwritten. You know my friends, I'll say this over and over again. I did not expect ministry in 2020 to look like this. But there is no other place I would rather be in ministry with than here at Royce City First United Methodist Church. Would you please pray with me? Oh God, This has been a very interesting year, to say the least. But God, when I look back at the past eight months, ministry happened. Ministry happened at homes, ministry happened uh, in parks, ministry happened here around this campus. And God, that's just because of your grace the grace that you have poured out on your church. And Lord, we pray that as we look forward to 2021, and as we look forward to the ministry that you are calling us to do, guide us and lead us, so that we may be faithful to the call that you have placed on us to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to all the world, and to share it with the entire creation. So God, we lift this day to you. In the name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen.